This episode of the Mighty Parenting Podcast is sponsored by Inward Bound Mindfulness Education, IBME. The staff at IBME knows what mindfulness can do for us, how it can help with deep listening skills, self-awareness, and communication. They also know how it can bring peace and help heal us emotionally. With the heated election season we're experiencing, IBME has created a space for teens and adults to all find a little refuge after the election. A shelter in the storm, post-election refuge mindfulness retreats for all ages, begins on November 13th. It's an event that you or your teen can attend individually or together. In the retreat, you'll learn skills for sustaining a home practice and bringing more ease and compassion into your life and your relationships. Just visit IBME, I-B-M-E dot com, and click the link on the picture that says fall events are here to find the all ages retreat, or simply click on the link in today's show notes to go directly to the page. Hey mom, do you have trouble saying no to people? Do you find yourself saying yes when you should have said no, or you wanted to say no, or you try to say no, but you end up getting talked around or pushed into it anyway? I get it. I've been there. I've done that. My clients have done that. And I've come up with a formula for saying no, as well as looking at what are some of the things that cause us to say yes and looking at some of the psychology of that and dealing with different people. And I put it all together into a short class, something that you can grab online. It is the art and science of saying no. And in there, you will learn my formula, you will learn tips and strategies, and you will discover that you can ditch guilt and stress. And along the way, stop yourself from being overscheduled too. I am running a live round of support for this class next week. So you can grab the class now, go through it, and then pop in for some Q&A or bring up any issues you're having and we'll help get you over any hurdles that you are facing with that. Just visit sandyfowler.com and you can click on the art and science of saying no or go straight to that page at sandyfowler.com slash saying dash no. Be sure to grab it now after the live round. The price is going up. So get the training, get some support, and get a good deal. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, the podcast with real, raw, and relevant talk about raising teens and parenting young adults. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a community where we help you raise teens and parent 20-somethings so they can become happy, successful, and emotionally healthy adults. I'm Sandy Fowler, stress relief coach, emotional wellness speaker, host of the Mighty Parenting podcast, and co-founder of MightyParenting.com. Thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing the show with other parents. I appreciate getting the word out and getting them tools and information and resources they can use as well. So I've been thinking about some of the frustrations about parenting and in raising teens and parenting our 20-somethings, there's some very interesting challenges and things that we can kind of get behind and go, okay, you know, I got this. And then there are times when we just, we don't understand something our child does or says, we don't get their motivation and that's normal. It's something we can expect. We're just not going to get them. But those times might just become 
too much for you. They might be happening more often, too often. Maybe you feel like you just never get your kid. You don't understand why they do the things they do. You don't get how maybe they're so sensitive or so impulsive or so just fill in the blank, like, I just don't get it. Or maybe you feel like all your best parenting efforts are being thwarted at every turn. And all you really want is to parent them well and feel connected, but it's just not happening. Well, today's guest has a different parenting approach, one which also helps to build connection. Her name is Wendy Gossett. Wendy is an author, speaker, and parenting specialist who uses her 20 years of experience in education, working in the classroom and corporate sector to help parents understand their children by using temperament psychology and neuroscience. She's going to be a little on the geeky side for someone like me, so I appreciate that she's <laughs> taken all that, and I also in talking with her and that she would make every, all that science that she knows she brings to a very usable level for parents. So I'm really excited that she is joining us today to give us a new way to look at our relationship with our child and our parenting. Wendy, welcome to Mighty Parenting. Woohoo! Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here, Sandy. I admire what you do as well. I mean, our world is stressed out, so we need a calming voice out there to help us. So kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. I, I do. I love what I do and I am so grateful to you and other people who come here and share your expertise with us because there are so many things that we can learn about, about parenting styles and about our kids and you know why they function the way they do and why they do and don't do things that they do. And all of that just, I think it does two things. I think it calms us as parents. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that it also gives us a, a great toolkit to pull from when we need it. And your ideas of parenting by personality are something I had not really heard of before. So I thought maybe we'd just kind of go back to basics for a second and have you start out by telling us, what do you mean by parenting by personality? Well, I had to learn it the hard way because my daughter, my, my son was my firstborn and he's now 18. Goodness gracious. He just turned 18. And my daughter is 16, but when they were littles and I had two under two in diapers, um, I could tell right away that parenting my daughter was going to be a whole different ball game than parenting my son. Because after parenting my son for nine months, I was like, what are people complaining about? This parenting thing is so easy. I've got this figured out because he was, you know, the easy kid. I, I, I could understand him easy in that he was like me. And so I could understand it. So my daughter came along and, you know, she was six or seven and we were, I was crying and because I was so frustrated with her crying right in front of her. And this was happening, happening more often than not. And I sought out the school counselor. I said, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm going to ruin my daughter because we're at each other's throats all the time. And she's so little, she's so young and I'm supposed to be the adult. And I just didn't understand her. And it just dawned on me one day that I was seeing her weaknesses 
so clearly and I could not see her strengths. I was completely blinded to her strengths because they were so different from my own. And so I thought, why don't I take what I'm doing in the corporate sector with CEOs and teammates who need to understand each other and be in a working relationship, why, why don't I take that knowledge to my daughter and I and, and just find out what it is that is causing this friction between us and get to understand her better because I am the adult. I can't expect her to relate to me the way I need her to relate to me. I have to relate to her the way she needs to be related to. And all my efforts were just in vain. All my efforts to connect with her were in vain. I Believe me, I tried everything. I tried volunteering. I tried, you know, working with pets. We tried working with the elderly. We tried food kitchens and fun runs and doing crafts together. And I mean, you name it, we tried it and nothing was working. So that's where it came from. And I developed with my background in education. I have a master's in education and then working with corporate teams with Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram and Emergenetics and just all these different um, psychological um, typology measuring tools, I created an inner drive assessment um, by interviewing adults and then interviewing my students and um, just observing temperament patterns, starting to work with families. Um, and I started to see how temperament manifested itself in children differently than adults and soon discovered that my daughter and I were complete opposites in the way our brain was wired. And we just recently had our brains imaged. We got our brains mapped, and that is, you know, there's all kinds of new technology out there which measures the brain, um, the health of the brain, as well as the psychology of the brain. And temperament has been shown to be measurable by these brain scans. And so I'm able to work with families and show them on paper what a brain image would show them about how their brain is wired. And so my daughter and I are completely opposite in the way our brains work. Mine is number one extroverted feeling. Hers is number one introverted thinking. And her most inferior function is my number one function. So me expecting her to be demonstrative with her feelings, to show gratitude, to enjoy doing things together, were just unrealistic expectations. I love that you remind us that temperament is something inborn. You talked about how different your children were in diapers. Yes. And as parents, we can all think back and realize that. And I think that that's helpful for us to go, wait, this is who they are. This is the way they're made, the way their brains are wired, the way they feel, the way they function. Just like I am who I am. I, I function the way I function. I feel, I think I do the way I am because it's the way I'm made. Not that things can't be channeled, but going back to that point of saying, hey, you know, this is who they are. I also 
appreciate that you reminded us that we're the adults. Right. We're the ones who need to be going, okay, who are they and how do they function best? What do they need? What way do they need us to relate to them? Because I think that inadvertently, it's probably going to upset some people. And I'm sorry, it's not meant to upset anybody. But I know that as our kids get older, especially we see them more and more as adults, and we expect them to start doing things our way without even realizing we're doing that. Like we just see it as like, this is the best path. If they do this, then they'll be happier. Things will go smoother for them. That will all work better. Is that something that you see as you're working with families that with the best of intentions that we parents are trying to mold our kids to function like us? Well, I think it's an unconscious thing. I think every single parent doesn't set out to to do that. I think they are, are just going with their skewed perception of how things are and how things should be. And Albert Einstein said it, that there is no such thing as reality, that it's, it's our perception of reality. And so once a parent realizes that my lens is blurry in the way that I see the world. It's just one perspective. And so it's a mutual respect. And this is how you motivate your kids and especially your teens and, you know, your 20-somethings is that it's a mutual respect. And so that's what I teach parents to do is that you're not just coming into, like for in my case, parenting my daughter the way she needed to be parented. I'm also telling her what I need. And so it's a mutual honor system. So I'm saying, you know, Jordan, this is the way I would do it because this is my personality and this is what I feel comfortable with. But I admire that you are so independent. And so for example, you know, I would love it if we did this craft together because that's how I'm wired. I love doing things together. In fact, I don't like doing anything by myself. And I really admire that in you, Jordan, that you're so independent and you can do things by yourself. That that's going to serve you so well someday. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to let you do this by yourself. Um, if, if that's what you want, but just know that I would really appreciate it if sometimes we could do things together also. And so it's like this mutual. It's not just completely giving in to your child's temperament. It's acknowledging their needs and the way they're wired. It's also having them acknowledge you and the way you're wired. And because you are a temperament, you are teaching your child about that type that they're going to experience out in the world. And so you're just helping them. Um, have different perspectives as well and understanding that their viewpoint is not the only viewpoint out there, that they will encounter these different temperaments in their teachers, in their friendships, um, you know, in their employers down the road. I mean, my kids are little um, typologists. They come home, they say, my teacher, I can tell she is um, an SJ temperament, which is sensing judging. She has all these pictures on her desk about her family and she loves talking about her family and she's very detail oriented. And, and so they, they know right away um, who they're dealing with, um, with their teacher. And so um, 
you know, and I know people right away bristle at the idea of labeling people, and that's not what we're trying to do. We're simply trying to help um, children put on the perspective of someone else and step into their shoes and, and, and understand how they might be seeing the world. And so just a curiosity about other people and, and how they're seeing things versus being so myopic in, in their view of things. It feels more like, rather than labeling people, what it feels like to me is more like you're teaching them how to understand what other people need right. and how to be a, a kinder, more caring, more cooperative person with them. At the same time, though, you've also, through teaching them about yourself and, and this process of saying, hey, I see you, I hear you, I get what you like and what you need. And also remember that this is what I like, what I need. You have demonstrated to them how to not only be kind and caring, considerate of another person, but to also still continue to speak up and state their own needs. And that's a valuable skill set. Well, and not only that, but I just read that the top problem that our kids face today is, is an identity problem. They they are having a hard time with their own identity and where they fit in to the world. And this just helps them own their strengths and their limitations early on so that they can begin to build that identity. Because I think what our society does now is, you know, we're constantly looking at social media and the you know, how other people present themselves in this perfect light. And, you know, our kids tend to think that, you know, they're the only one that has limitations. And so that's another huge part of the parenting piece with temperament is I teach that these weaknesses that we see in our kids and we see more weaknesses in our younger kids and maybe our teens as they're starting to kind of experiment with um, different parts of their brain, um, these weaknesses come from their strengths. So the weaknesses come from overusing, underusing, or misusing their strength. And so when you talk about limitations, you actually refer back to the strength that, that they are misusing. So for example, um, you have a child who's really argumentative. They have to argue about everything. Well, first of all, that child's extremely intelligent because studies have been done that kids that argue and debate are extremely intelligent. And you just relabel that argumentative as negotiating. And you call that argumentative child, you start calling them your family problem solver. And then when they're being argumentative, you say, you know what? this isn't really solving any problems. You're so great at solving problems. I've seen you do it. I saw you do it the other day. Can we um, make this more of a negotiation where I'm halfway happy and you're halfway happy? And can we come back to the table here, um, you know, with, with a, a solution? Because I know you can come up with one. And so you're just um, 
turning, flipping that negative to a positive and telling them what you want them to do versus what you don't want them to do. And then being willing to share your own limitations with them. Because when you share your own limitations and, you know, you talk about everybody has struggles. These are my struggles. I'm not as good with details. I'm not as good um, being autonomous and self-contained. And, and Jordan, you're so much better at that than I am. Um, then your child is going to be more willing to hear about their limitations when you're sharing yours and when you're um, asking them to help you and be your expert in a certain area, then they're going to be more open to you, you know, working with them in the areas where you have strengths and they're weaker. I have to laugh because I've always said that the traits we want our kids to have as adults are extremely irritating in a child. They're argue, you know, we call it argumentative, <laughs> bossy, picky. In yes. an adult, it's a problem solver, a negotiator, a leader, a detail oriented. These are the things we want them to have. We just don't want to deal with it in a child. And you hit the nail on the head. It's because they don't understand how to use that strength yet. And so it's about guiding them instead of shutting them down. It's guiding them forward. Yeah. And worse yet, sometimes they can feel like they are the family problem. Um, you know, like I did a brain map just recently with um, very successful CEO. Um, she, one of the kids in her family was just troublemaker of the family, you know, just causing trouble. So the reason she called me was this child. And we did all the brain maps for the family. And we looked at their four main psychological functions that they all utilize. And the daughter that was the prop, the troublemaker, supposedly, um, you could see it glaring that she was the only one in the family that had the brain function of extroverted thinking, and it was very high up in her brain functions. And extroverted thinking means you, you voice your reasons and your logic, you're very good at debating, <laughs> you um, organize, you have to have an orderly, organized environment, you, um, you need things in their place, you, um, are, want to control people. You're very outcome oriented and need to finish. Well, not, nobody else in her family was wired like this. And she was being criticized and ostracized for all of these amazing strengths that she had. And the parent was the opposite personality. The CEO was the opposite and was framing all of her strengths as weaknesses. And I have to read this because I just got this um, in my email. She says, I don't have any idea what I would be doing right now had you not given me the insight to understand Emmy and then her son better. I still have a lot of learning to do, but the difference in the way I see them, I try to support and understand them is significant. We made some changes in her environment and have let her rearrange it several times, working towards a system that makes her feel calm. And so just, you know, sometimes, um, and I just, it's so funny, I have a new puppy and I just read that if you use aggression with that puppy, like 
that it was old school to kind of turn them on their back and do that alpha roll with the puppy. Um, the, sometimes the puppies get more and more aggressive when you do that. And that's what was happening in this family. They were showing aggressive to this daughter rather than understanding and embracing her strengths and working with her. And, and this, her type struggles with anxiety. So she was getting more and more anxious. And because of that was acting out more and more. And so now the understanding has just completely changed everything for this family. So. And I think what you just said there at the end, I mean, the whole story is beautiful and I love it. And it fits so well with our mighty parenting philosophy of live curious, you know, trying to understand our kids and each other and build relationships that way. But you just said that she was getting more and more anxious. And then that caused her to start acting out. And that is what we hear about from parents, you know, is my kid is doing this, this is happening. I don't know how to stop this behavior. So when a parent comes to you and says, this is the behavior that's happening and I can't make it stop, what do you say to them? Well, I, I tell parents that once they understand how their child's brain is wired, they can become a detective, uh, like a doctor who can diagnose the behavior um, especially in really young kids, like, you know, really young child who the pre, you know, their prefrontal lobe is not fully developed yet. And they're doing crazy behaviors like biting or things like that. You can look at their temperament at a pretty young age. We usually start around two or three years of age, look at their temperament at a pretty young age and know what triggers them based on their temperament. Because just in a real, just to really simplify it, the four temperaments are the Wizard of Oz characters. And the four temperaments go all the way back to the book of Ezekiel and the Bible. But you have Dorothy, um, who just wanted to go home. And that type is all about safety and security. And so that type is, is having issues with this pandemic. But on the one hand, they're doing well because they're surrounded by their families and they're in their home safe and sound. Um, but on the other hand, they're really, really anxious with knowing what's going on. And this type needs safety, security. They need a plan. They need to know how to um, follow the rules. And then you have the lion type who is the opposite, who just wants to experience life. They learn from the school of hard knocks. They don't do well with lectures. They don't do well with warnings and book learning. They just want to do it themselves. Just do it is their motto, the Nike motto. And then you have the, uh, the scarecrow who was all about his brain. And that type is extremely autonomous and they are proud and they feel like they know more than their parents and they're walking around like the CEO of their household. And then you have the human or the tin man type that is all about the heart and their relationships and finding deep significance in, in life. And, um, and so those are the motivations of the four temperaments and how you can um, diagnose what is going on with your child. You know, is this, their freedom is being taken away. Is this because they don't feel safe? 
this is this because they have a chaotic environment is this because they don't feel like they have a significant relationship or they're not touching people in a in a big idealistic way um like the the tin man type if you have one of these children they they love um making things and creating things but they need to have a reason for doing it so you have them create things to give to a, a animal shelter. You have them create things to give to an old folks home. You have them, there, there needs to be meaning and purpose behind everything they do. So once you understand these motivations, even on a high level, it really helps you diagnose where this acting out is coming from. That's really interesting to me. And the other piece of that was also this idea you hit on where when you have a household where everybody but one person kind of leans one way. Yes. It seems to me that that would just amplify everything because now it's just one individual who's left out and it the idea that everybody minus one does things one way would solidify in everybody's minds that like that's the right way that's reality that's the way it should be done and this one person's just being difficult yes and it's crazy because our society is actually geared towards a couple of types and there are types that are born feeling like outliers from day one like they don't fit in to society and then if they feel like they don't fit into their own family as well, this child is going to struggle. And there are some temperaments from day one that are already um, kind of wired more sensitive and more prone to depression. And so these types right away, if they are told their strengths and if they are told their limitations and how to handle those, um, it can really help them with their self-esteem to know that this is not just me. This is how my brain is wired. I am a specific type. Um, it's validated by science. Um, it, can, it can really help them. Just like, you know, a lot of our brain research right now, what we're learning about the brain helps you understand when you're in fight, flight, or freeze. You can think about the physiology that's happening in your body, and it just helps calm you down to understand that this is just science, and I can play a role in, in calming myself down. Um, it's the same thing with understanding how your brain is wired. This is how my brain is wired. You know, I am a thinker, so I can't expect myself to, this is, I'm talking from my daughter, um, I can't expect myself to be really super comfortable in a social situation. I can't expect myself to be super girly and, you know, relate really well with other girls and, um, you know, to have more realistic expectations. But what I can do is A, B, and C. Like, you know, my daughter was in drama and um, that wasn't the best fit for her because she, She's a performer, she's a lion, so she's a performer, but she's not a feeler. Feeling is actually her most inferior function. And so she did much better when we suggested she get into engineering and physics. And because that is a analytical, tactile, 
area and she did so much better in that area. The other thing that I am seeing as we have this discussion is how parenting this way, parenting to our kids' personality types really builds connection, which is one of the things that I know you feel is so important with our teens. And again, is something we talk about here at Mighty Parenting is that come whatever, come what may, we ideally would like to have a strong relationship with our teens and 20-somethings so they feel they can come to us. I'd love to know a little bit more about how you've seen parenting by personality help strengthen relationships between parents and their kids. Absolutely strengthens it because from day one, that child feels seen and understood and listened to. And it's so interesting because I have read over and over and over all the research states that to prevent at-risk behaviors in your children, the number one thing a parent can do is to be connected. And one of the largest studies they ever did in, at Harvard, it was over um, several decades, over like 700,000 kids were studied in Britain. Um, they came to the conclusion after doing all this research that one of the number one things you can do to help your child be successful is simply to listen to them. But that's not listening with your biases. It's listening to your child according to who they are, what they need, what they value. And that is where that connection comes from. It's allowing your child to be themselves and accepting them for who they are. Um, I just had two very, very strong, some of the strongest scores I've ever seen for the Dorothy type. Very rule following, very in the box, very black and white. And this is how our society is, um, is, is wired. You know, you have to be on time, you have to have deadlines. Their son was a feeler, but he was also a lion. And so he needed to find his identity and his parents didn't realize that because he was a feeler and he was this very relaxed version of a lion. He was being very amiable and cooperative and he was following their rules. And, um, and then all of a sudden his senior year, he went on a senior trip to a different country. And after that, he went off the rails and his parents were just beside themselves because they're like, oh my gosh, my son, he's been a great student all along and we want him to go to college and now he's off the rails and he's gonna just go be a ski instructor up in the mountains and what do we do? And I said, you let him and you love him and you tell him that he is just fine, you know, doing this, going down his path because he had been living out their identity and, and he didn't know who he was. And that trip out of the country let him see that there was this huge world out there that he wanted to explore and he needed to find his identity. And I know people out there listening are probably like, well, isn't that typical for all kids? Well, it's really not. Um, there are some types that are wired for their identity. They have to know 
who they are. And then there are other types that are wired for how do they fit um, in the group? Like the group is what they are focused on, like pleasing others. And then there are some types that are focused on their environment and keeping their environment calm and under control. And then there are some types that are focused on their environment in the opposite way. They want everything just free spirited and, you know, they just want to play and, and um, they fear control. So you have, um, you know, these different types out there. And um, so these parents knowing that um, once they knew that their child um, was wired to find his own identity and he had to go his route and he didn't need to be shamed for doing that because he didn't go down a traditional path of going to college. He needed to be accepted for who he was. You know, that was additional um, connection for this family. They were already pretty tight, but the fact that they went out of their way to find out who he was and how they could help him um, and then let him be was just really, really powerful for this family. So long answer to your question, but hopefully that. Yeah. And I see for the parents understanding that what he's doing is meaningful, has purpose. You know, you use the terms gone off the rails and that's how parents would see it. And that's how society's going to see it when he wasn't really going off the rails. He was right. saying, oh, this, like, that's the first part of his identity, right? Is I'm a person who needs to find yes. my identity and find myself. So that was actually a purposeful step. And so I think that for the parents to understand that even if he tries 72 different things in three years, that that's purposeful, that gives us comfort and peace of mind. Because, you know, we talk about peer pressure for kids, but there's a lot of peer pressure in parenting, as well as the pressure we put on ourselves to, you know, make our kids' lives be perfect. I mean, we do it through trying to shape our kids, right? And that is, that's such a great point. And I, I say that once you find out your child's temperament, you can relax. And instead of pushing against the tide of that behavior, you are now going with the flow of their temperament, knowing that you are doing the right thing for your child. Because so many times that child's behavior, we feel is a reflection of our parenting. I love the way you phrased that. And I think that that along with, um, the idea that parenting by personality type helps strengthen our relationship with our kids. I think those are kind of the crux of this conversation. We're all wired different. This is what I've heard come out of your mouth today is we're all wired differently. We have different needs as parents and as spouses or significant others. What we want to do is understand how we are wired, how the people around us are wired, and how we can respectfully meet each other's needs. And in the process of doing that and showing us they're showing our children that they will learn that they are heard, that they are seen, they are understood, and that will strengthen our relationship with them. And I loved 
all of this that you shared with us. Wendy, I know you have more for our listeners. So if you could share your website and just quickly let them know a couple of the things that you mentioned before when we were chatting that you have for them. Yes. Yeah, so you can find all kinds of resources at wendygossett.com. That's Gossett, G-O-S-S-E-T-T. And one gift that I would like to offer your listeners is a free inner drive assessment for your child. And it's, I'm only offering one per family and it's a $39 value. And that comes with a a follow-up email with several video links. And one of them is a video that will go over your child's temperament um, after the test. And, um, and I have a YouTube channel also where you can find all kinds of um, videos about the different temperaments, both for adults and children. And you can just find that with Wendy Gossett. But going to my website, you can find it there as well. Um, and then I have um, a book out called Your Child's Inner Drive, Parenting by Personality from Toddlers to Teens. And that comes with um, an inner drive assessment, but there's also a way to assess your child and your entire family, (laughs) which this can actually help um, bring peace to uh, parent-child relationships, even as an adult. Um, It really helped me find peace with my own mom to understand her limitations. And I had expectations for her that were completely unrealistic. And if I could sum everything up that I do, it would be expectations. Um, All our relationship problems come from having unrealistic expectations. And so this just helps with that. So, um, so my book is also a resource out there that people can get. And, and then I work with families where I do brain maps for everyone in the family. So husbands and wives can see how their brains are wired. And it's funny because most of the time opposites attract. That's where the spark comes. I see it all the time in husbands and wives that they have been attracted to their opposite. So it's chemistry before you're married and then it's carpentry after you're married where you have to work really hard um, because of these opposites. So I do brain maps with, um, with the parents to show what's going on in the family dynamic and where the sparks are flying with the siblings and just how to honor each other. And so those services are all mapped out on my website as well. So, so just in summary, the free gift I'd love to give your listeners is the inner drive assessment. Um, they just go to wendygossett.com and look up the inner drive assessment. And then upon checkout, they'll enter the code navigate. Um, And then there's also a free book uh, on my site called 14 ways to connect with your child. Great. Thank you so much. And thank you for everything you shared with us today. I think it's very enlightening. Thank you so much, Sandy, for having me on in this conversation. We could talk all day, I'm sure. I would love to hear more about what you do as well. Thank you so much for just helping families. Oh, thank you. And Mighty Parents, thank you for being here. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, review, and share it. Leave comments on the podcast player where you listen or at mightyparenting.com. 
click on podcast in the menu and you can just put in a show number or a guest name to find an episode you're looking for and you can leave comments there as well. Thank you for joining us, for being part of the Mighty Parenting community and remember that you are a mighty parent. You got this and I will see you next week.